0: Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. We had the privilege of spending uh, a day with our grandsons this past week. On Thursday, the kids dropped them off at our house, and we had them all day, and So I took the tent and pitched it, and we hung out in the tent. I just love how honest kids are. I love their honesty. Their honesty is um, without um, judgment. That's what's so great about it. I mean, they can, you know, you're in the tent, you're laying there, and you're looking at the sky, and I'm talking to them because I don't have the cover on the tent. I said, let's look at the clouds in the sky and, and see if we can see any pictures and stuff. And we're just looking, and all of a sudden, my youngest grandson, Eli, says, Grandpa. I said, yeah. He says, you got a booger in your nose. <laughs> you know, they're so honest. I just said, yeah, most likely. Uh, but I like that it's it's refreshing honesty is refreshing um before we proceed too much further um you know we're still in the midst of and i'm going to talk about this a little bit uh in, in my message today but we're still in the midst of what do we do with this coronavirus the covid-19 yeah. situation that we are in uh this pandemic that we're in and uh My wife and I were at the grocery store just last week and um, I have a tendency not to do the mask thing too much, you know, but for her benefit because she says, I want you to wear a mask and and I said, am I that? Do I need it (laughs) for reasons? And she says, I don't want you to get this. I don't want you to get sick. I don't want you, you know, she has a reason for wanting me to, to be safe. And I don't take it as to the same level that she takes it, you know. She's looking out for my, my well-being. And uh, I look at it as like, hey, just leave me alone, you know. I'll survive. And if I don't. I don't have to worry about the bills that are due tomorrow. So we're standing in line. We're the only one in line. That's a pretty good line. There's about six people in front of us and we're the only ones with our masks on. And suddenly I had a change of opinion about masks this girl at the head of the line looks back and she doesn't see us, but she sees everybody behind her has no mask on, and she says, yay for all of those not wearing a mask, we're not afraid, and this and this and that. And so I went, yeah, she couldn't see the smile, but. (laughs) And she goes, oh, so I was mask shamed. (laughs) And suddenly I, I knew what it felt like to be mask shamed. And I became more proud of wearing a mask and then it wasn't long after that I was in three bears and and, uh, uh, Vera had made us masks and it's really great it covers up a lot and I had sunglasses a hat and the mask and I was standing right next to people that I knew but I didn't want to talk to them and I didn't have to, they didn't know who I was. <laughs> I thought this is great. <laughs> but we have someone in our church, and I mean, you can read anything online. I mean, you know, social media is just full of opinion, but we have someone in our church that deals with this on a daily basis. She's in the health, uh, she's a nurse at uh, Providence, and deals, I, are you still in the COVID? Sometimes. And she's going to share with us a little bit and bring us up to date where things are at and why we as a church, I mean, she may not bring this up, but I am, why we as a church need to take the lead to be smart and to be safe. So you want to come up for a minute? We've asked her to kind of give us an update on where things are at. That's
1: okay. I'll wash them when I'm done. <laughs> it's not fun having an unpopular opinion. So I like, have my mask on, it makes it un- feel uncomfortable. Um, so this whole thing's weird. I'm over it. I know everybody's over it. I'm in the middle of it, and I'm so over it when I leave work. Um, the opinion changes hourly at work and in public. The information changes hourly. I'll go through one shift, and the policy will change like six times about, oh, we're testing all of these symptoms. Now this one's added. Now we're not testing anybody. We're out of tests for the next six hours. We can't test anybody. Now we're testing everybody again. We use this test now. We have an in-house one. Nope, we're sending that one out. That one's gonna take three days. There's no rhyme or reason to it, and it's frustrating, and it's not consistent, and so just, I came here, I was like, what am I gonna say? I have so much to say. (laughs) But I think just the facts are the important stuff. Um, People are scared, and they're trying to make sense of it. There's so much information out there that is partial truth. And that's the scariest thing to me at all, because the partial truth is what's getting people sucked into these rabbit holes of theories and misbelief. And if you just treat it like something you don't want It's very easy not to get, but it means being uncomfortable. But we're Christians, and we're used to being in uncomfortable situations and choosing to do the right thing anyways. So I don't think it's too much to ask um, to just give people some space. I'm not asking, you don't have to wear a mask. Look at that. You don't have to wear a mask. But if you're going to get in someone's personal space, you should have a mask on if you're not already in a relationship with that person where you know it's okay to be in their personal space. It's not asking too much. And it's okay to have made that agreement with somebody that we're close enough, we can be in, be in each other's personal space now, but that needs to be an agreement made ahead of time, not made in the moment of the, oh, there you are, oh, okay, oh, we're hugging, oh, oh goodness, that was not ready for that hug. It's, because some people are still really scared and some people actually should still be really scared. Um, we're gonna, our numbers are increasing because we're testing more people, so let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. We probably have had higher numbers before and we're just finally able to test more people. Everyone who's getting surgery is getting tested. People are actually getting surgeries again now. Um, so I don't think that we're having this new spike, but I think it's just still around. It's a weird virus, People do not we don't understand how it's acting. So if anybody has a good theory, it's just that. We don't have enough evidence to know. I know it can be alive on surfaces for an unusual amount of time. It has like a fat layer on it, so freezing it doesn't kill it. We actually send the frozen samples to get tested. So that's information. Um, but good hand washing kills it good hand washing, alcohol-based hand sanitizers kill it, and just not, it it will dissipate. Have you ever used a Glade plug-in before, anybody? Have you ever used one in a room that it was probably too small of a room to use a Glade plug-in for? And the second you open that door, you're just like blown away by the smell. But if you use that same Glade plug-in outside, do you even notice it's there? That's kind of the concept that we need to be going on. We are a lot of people in a, in a closed space, which is fine. It's actually fine. But you need to be conscientious about that and know that some people are gonna be at a higher risk and some people might get it that, that have no risk factors and it might do them in. I've seen it go, it's unpredictable. We can't tell who's gonna get sick from it. And if anybody has a theory, again, it's just that. It, it it's not predictable, so I think the things that we can do to protect ourselves through the rest of the summer, I, this is going to linger for a while, unfortunately. Is just give people space, and it's a respect thing. It's not it's not insulting to to wave hi, wearing a mask. I have to wear a mask the second I walk into the hospital until the second I leave the hospital. And sometimes they change it out for a stronger mask. Oh, awesome. this one's gross, I'll get a new mask, but I'm masked my whole shift. I get they are uncomfortable. I've started to wave at, at people really awkwardly because they can't tell you s- are smiling at them. It's really uncomfortable. So I'm smiling, everyone just thinks I squint all the time now, but I really am just a happy person, smiling, squinting everywhere. So now I wave awkwardly all the time, so. If I do that and smile, sorry, I probably don't have a mask on, and it's just my habit now to smile and do that. I just think we can do it the right way, and we can set a good example, and I don't think that's too much to ask, because we are used to doing things the right way and setting good examples in our daily lives already. So just giving people space, wearing a mask, even if you have seasonal allergies, you don't know, to be honest. It's probably your seasonal allergies. You're 90% right, that it's probably just your seasonal allergies. But if you might sneeze or cough, put a mask on to contain it. It's not asking too much to not spray germs all over a room. That's my personal opinion. And then my trick for keeping your hands clean and not touching your face is just pretend like everything's covered in poop. It's (laughs) the only way to not touch your face after you touch something, tried and true. Then you don't touch other people, because if you have poop on your hands, you don't want to put it on their hands. And it, I know it's gross, but that's my job. I'm, I'm working in the ER. My job's gross. I have the grossest job in the world. That's okay. But it's easy to not bring it to other people. Um, I had the last get-together, or the last time I've been around everybody, was at my house. I had a baby shower for Larissa, right in the beginning of all of this, I have like 20 people plus in my house. None of us got sick. I, in hindsight, found out I had had exposures at work the week before that the tests weren't back yet, but we washed our hands, we gave each other space, we used utensils when we were getting food out of things. You can do it the right way, and I think we can do it the right way. It's pretty easy to do, and. It's uncomfortable. I hate wearing a mask. They're terrible. Fog up your glasses all day long. It's so annoying. But if you're going to get in someone's personal space, you have a story you want to tell them, or it's just the right thing to do for now. It's weird and uncomfortable, but let's just get through this. Let's keep our church family healthy and safe, and let's set a good example of that we can get together. We can worship together, and not, and not have this be something that's going to knock down a whole bunch of people in our church family. Let's not give people the proof, like, oh, they're gathering in large groups. What do they expect? It's people like that. That's the problem, right? That's what we always hear. Oh, it's people who think that they are above it. That's the problem. That's not us. We're not not trying to be those kinds of people. We're trying to be Christians worshiping God, respecting one another, and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because it's easy or fun or the cool thing to do. So, let's just keep it up. I'm happy everybody's healthy. I'm sorry if you have allergies right now, because it's scary. It's like, oh my gosh, I have a sniffle. Oh, is this it? Or is this just, no, it's the cottonwood snow outside. Oh, close one. But just stay healthy and stay safe and take care of each other. Sound good? Okay.
0: Thank you so much. One of the things that uh, I believe has uh, the church has become extremely active in prayer throughout all this and taken taken a real direct approach to seeking God uh, over this situation and these circumstances. And part of that we've been actively involved with as a church is the Unite 714 prayer. This is week 14 of that, 14 weeks think about that to some of you that's nearly a lifetime to others of us it's like I can't remember what week 13 was anyway we want to pray and we want to continue to do that as a church because I believe as as our sister Annie pointed out the church should be the leader in all of this yes we can walk in faith I I believe God I believe his promises I believe I am immune to diseases I believe I have healing but you know what in the midst of that belief I've been sick from time to time I've had bad sicknesses from time to time I've had devastating things over the years I continued to believe God but that didn't mean my body came into line right away so Anyway, let's all stand, we're gonna pray and read some scriptures here.
2: Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> give ear and hear my voice, give attention and hear my speech. Does he who plows for sowing plow continually? Does he continually open and harrow his ground? When he has leveled his surface, does he not scatter dill, sow cumin and put in wheat and rows of barley? In its proper place, and Emmer as a border, for he is rightly instructed, his God teaches him. Isaiah twenty-eight, twenty-three to twenty-six. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts <clears> one <throat> And now the prayer. Lord, we know that even in the midst of the pain and loss of COVID nineteen, the Holy Spirit is at work. This terrible pandemic is being used to soften the spiritual crust over the hearts of the world's peoples. What the enemy has meant for evil has actually served to deeply plow our own hearts as well as those of our fellow citizens. Only you, God, can bring redemption out of destruction. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we ask that the hearts of men, women, and children around the world be freshly open to the message of the gospel. Lord, we are thankful that the seasons of plowing and harrowing do not last forever. In this hour, many of our friends, neighbors, and loved ones have become more receptive to the gospel. It is time for us to go and sow. It is. Give us the love and wisdom we need to effectively sow the seeds of the gospel into the broken lives of those around us. Heavenly Father, fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit's power so we can boldly proclaim your word. Lord, as your spirit is freshly poured out on our world, we ask you to continue to mitigate COVID-19. We pray for your protection over our doctors, nurses, first responders, and all those who serve the public day after day. We also ask you to grant supernatural wisdom to those working to develop a vaccine. However, as much as we are grateful for the health care professionals and first responders, our hope is ultimately in you. Therefore, we rise up, united in prayer with one voice, saying, Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, please eradicate COVID-19 from the earth and heal our lands. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, Children's Church, we have uh, the young kids today. Again, that's the only class that we're having. Um, and... Uh, what, what ages are those two to four four are going with miss vera and five can I go I have some good news and I have some uh, maybe not so good news for some of us the good news is after all these this time we've actually ordered a sign that tells the time of our service up until then we just left it for people to guess and kinda of walk in its, it's kinda of worked out so far but but it was brought to our attention and I've thought about it over the years you know uh, we've probably put what time our service is uh, somewhere and uh, so we, we ordered a sign that says our service time uh, which could change. Fortunately, they're, they're not real expensive. But when we had our new signs make, made, there wasn't room for the time of the service, so we just left it off. But I thought that was a good suggestion. Our sister Carol brought it up. Uh, Karen brought it up, and, um, and I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. I've been thinking about it. We should do it. So I ordered the sign. Our services, here's the good news. We've got the sign. Here's the bad news for some of us, many of us. The service is at 10.30 a.m. That's when it starts. Not 1040, not 1045. We, we got a comment uh, on our uh, video of the service sometime back was like, well, when, when is this supposed to actually start? <laughs> you know, we've really depended on the Holy Spirit all these years to just reveal to people what's uh, when they're supposed to be here last Sunday Vic had a fantastic message I don't I don't know how many uh, caught it if you didn't I suggest you listen to the podcast of it or or watch Uh, watch it online. Um, Oh, by the way, someone was pointing to our our tithe baskets back there, trying to remind me. I always forget to take up the tithes and offerings. But our tithe baskets are back there, again, strategically placed by the donuts. Um, And if you're just enjoying these online, you can go to our website and go to the Give, click on that, and, and Give Online. So... But last Sunday, Vic shared a message called Get Over It. Get over it. And and I thought of an old uh, clip of a a comedian I I really liked in the day. I can't think of his name right now. But he was a psychologist. And a lady came into his office and said, you know, I have all these fears. And he would tell her, well, uh, you know, I, I need to talk about these fears. And he would say, well, just stop it. And uh, she'd say, the next fear. And he'd say, just stop it. How many of you have ever seen that clip? Yeah. What's that comedian's name? Bob Newhart. There we go. Thanks. It's great. Just stop it. But in his illustration of offenses, and he, he did a fantastic job. We were at lunch afterwards talking with Jason and Karen. And uh, we, we came to the consensus, Jason and I, as we were talking, that the young minister has such an advantage because he set these offenses up and he called them stepping stones to your miracle. And he actually got on these chairs and stepped one upon the other and went up and I said, I I wouldn't get past that first step. You know, offense would overtake me. But uh, I don't know how many of you noticed And this is why I encourage you to listen to it again. I mean, it was one of the best messages I've heard because I've always heard forgiveness messages. We we need to learn to forgive. This is how you forgive. This is the way you forgive and Christians need to forgive. This had nothing to do with that. It had to do with these are offenses and they are stepping stones to your miracle if you take them. But those offenses that he Pointed out, and he had labeled, were ignored. Offense of being ignored. Offense of being uh, offended by the institution, uh, by the church. How many have been offended by church over your lifetime? You know, I remember the the story of the man who said to his wife, "I, I don't want to go to church today. And, uh, Said, well why not he says well I don't like the people and they don't like me and she says I can think of a couple reasons why you should go number one you're 40 years old number two you're the pastor <laughs> but in, been hurt uh, offended by uh, being ignored offended by uh, the institution or the church offended by feeling insignificant and offended by being insignificant. And I thought that was two, two interesting ways of looking at that. But all of those begin with I. When we are looking at ourselves, it's so much easier to be offended. So I really encourage you to uh, check that out on our podcast or on the uh, uh, video. I'm going to talk a little bit about stormy weather. It's a hard day to talk about stormy weather. But, uh, you know, 2020 has been a storm to this point. We, uh, it all looked good, you know, beginning of the year after last year. Last year was horrendous to me personally and my wife, but uh, we had a lot of uh, um, disappointments in our lives and a lot of challenges in our lives and you know um so coming into 2020 we're all like yes this is the year of corona epidemic so we have the coronavirus pandemic pandemic we had lockdowns we have face masks we have uh uh business failures uh, We have economic failures, and then it looks like things are going to lift. They're just going to (sighs) lift. Things are looking like they're going to lift. And then we have unneeded deaths. We have now rioting and protests. And now we have takeovers of whole sections of cities, Seattle in particular is what I'm talking about. We have the tearing down and the removal of all our history. You know, those, all those statues that are being torn down, that, that's directly, at we're going to remove our history. History's a very vital part of us as a nation, your history is a very vital part of who you are in Christ. He brought that history into your life so that he could reveal the mystery of Christ working in you. The removal of our history and just total lawlessness and along with that cultural insensitivity, all of this has this foundation. In cultural insensitivity there's another eye for you Vic insensitivity <clears throat> how many have heard of the Church of the Highlands and what happened there Church of the Highlands is a 60,000 member church in Alabama the lead pastor uh, liked to uh, Charlie Kirk I don't know how many are familiar with him but he's a commentator and uh, he made some comments about how he thought President Trump was doing a good job on the COVID-19 situation. And then he also, in a tweet from Charlie Kirk, he, he liked that, this pastor liked it. And then he also liked another one, I'm not sure what it was, but it was just a, simply a, a support uh, uh, of, of the handling of some situation, and he liked that. One woman, a teacher in Alabama that does not attend that church was offended and thought that that was culturally insensitive of him to like those two tweets because they're a church of sixty thousand most of their meetings are in leased buildings of schools and they have multiple uh... locations in an overnight decision they canceled all the leases with this church because of two tweets that the lead pastor liked. So along with all that's going on, we also now have to be very careful about what we like, what we don't like, what we say anything about. Uh, And the whole idea is to just silence you We're going to silence you. We're going to make you insignificant. We're not only going to make you feel insignificant, we're going to make sure you are insignificant. Somehow they bypass the part of the eye of ignored. I'd rather they just ignore us. But the truth is, you can't read very far through the Bible and not realize that the Bible's filled with stormy days. We've got Noah, the story of Noah, not just a light rain, but 40 days of storm. Then we've got Jonah and his storm that he encountered. We've got uh, the 12 disciples getting in the boat with Jesus in the New Testament. When I look at these guys, every time they got into a boat, something happened. Getting in a boat with those guys is like going on a bad carnival cruise. You know, there's good ones, but there's bad ones. And, um, but I don't wanna talk about Noah's storm of 40 days. What a light thing. I'm sure there was challenge upon challenge upon challenge. Jonah, the 12 disciples. I want to talk about another person's storm, the Apostle Paul in his storm. He was in a storm. This story is found in Acts 27, verses 13 and 14. Paul has been put on a boat and being sent Different things happen, and he's put on another boat, and this boat is waiting for the weather to break. And then it's, the captain of the boat says, the winds are fair. I like that, the winds are fair. They're they're a calm wind, there's a fair wind going. Um, So they set sail. The story goes on to say that a storm arose. Guy's a captain of a boat. At our carnivore night uh, last month, uh, Jason was talking about an experience he had on one of his fishing vessels. And I'll tell you, I was listening to that, and I'm like, I'm glad I, I was never much to be at sea, you know. But I love to watch the YouTubes of the boats that are at sea. But it says of this storm, it raged on. It wasn't a light storm, it wasn't just a moment. It was a huge storm. It raged on and it raged on and it raged on and it just kept going. To the point where they could no longer see the stars or the sun. That's what that means there is they lost their point of reference. They were no longer able to tell where they were at. The storm had taken over their lives to such a degree, they no longer had a reference of what to look to, where to look to, where to go, how to navigate. It goes on to say, all hope was gone. As a pastor over the years, I know what that looks like. You know, I've looked in the eyes of people that have come up to me. They believe God, but a storm came into their life. A storm has continued to rage on in their life, and they've lost all hope for that situation. Love God, lost hope in their situation lost their reference points, lost their ability to navigate. I've given up all hope, I don't know what happened. Come up to you, I thought I had it under control. I thought I I understood this. Some of them actually, you know, I've had this in my own life as well. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. It just, suddenly the storm was on me. Maybe it's marriage, maybe it's children, maybe it's uh, business, work, whatever it might be, overwhelmed by life. They believe in God, but lost all hope in their situation. That's where Paul, the Apostle Paul, is at in this story. This is quite a storm says they threw out all their anchors just to slow them down and not being smashed upon rocks that they could encounter. Maybe, maybe sometime in the future at another carnivore night, uh, we could get Jason to tell that story again. I was totally enthralled with it. I mean, it was just one of those worthy stories, you know. Flannery O'Connor, I don't know how many have ever read much of her writings, but she had a quote. She says it's not the telling of the story of the dragon that makes a story worth telling, but it's having been in his lair and felt the heat of his breath that makes the story worth telling. Your story, when you've been through a storm, suddenly becomes worth telling. Your story becomes more validated by the fact that you endured the storm and survived. I've never been on any real boat situations, but I've been in a few airplane situations. We've all been on airplanes at this time in our life, I'm sure, where you encountered turbulence and so on and so forth. Not long ago, a few years back, we were flying into Anchorage. I don't remember where we had been, but we were coming back, and as you come, start to drop in over Anchorage, you can encounter some pretty uh, lively turbulence. And uh, this one particular time, uh, apparently the really high winds, and as we were coming in, suddenly the plane just fell. A lot of screaming went up, "Ah!" a lot of things happened. Um, This isn't necessarily one of the stories I'm gonna talk about, this is just a a side note that's free. Uh, At that moment, I'm sure people were like thinking about God or thinking about this or thinking about that. My, My wife even let out a shout, it's like, oh Lord. I mean, it was quite a drop, not just a, a bump. It was quite a drop. I'm looking out the window, and I'm thinking, hey, hey I, I have a, uh, um, what are those things you buy online for, instead of 25 bucks, you get it—I I can't remember what it's called right now. Yeah, it's a coupon thing, you know, for, uh, for a meal that was worth 25 bucks, and I got it for 12, you know. And I was like, hey, I still got this coupon I haven't used. Seriously, that's what I'm thinking about. One time we were flying into, uh, uh, we were going to a conference or something. I can't remember exactly what we were going there for, but we were headed to uh, California. And uh, we were to fly into San Francisco and then change planes. Um, The weather was so bad that we couldn't fly out of San Francisco. We ended up renting a car and driving. We were going to a funeral. But anyway, as we get on the plane, we see some other friends of ours, pastor friends, that were heading there as well. And at the front of the plane when we got on, there was another pastor and his wife. Now, this pastor and his wife had done some really, really bad things. They had really devastated the church that this other man and his wife pastored. I mean, it was just flat out wrong what they did. Just one of those, people do those kind of things? I've never heard of such a thing. Which involved a lot of money. So we get on the plane. I see these folks and I'm like, hmm. I don't think much about it, but the next people, this pastor and his wife, get on, and to them, it's an omen. God could take this plane down because of these people. And they said that to me. They said, I don't know if we should be on this flight, because so and sos on this flight. God could take the plane down because of them being on this. And I thought for a second, I said, You know, he could open a window and suck them out. (laughs) So wear your seatbelt. But as we're coming into San Francisco, we couldn't land for a long time. We ended up circling, what was it, 45 minutes at least? 45 minutes of just circling in clouds where then you'd see a little burst of opening and you'd see another airplane here You could see another one up there, and they just have these lines of planes circling up there And you're thinking man. I hope they know what they're doing and our pilot uh, With Alaska Airlines was the first woman pilot She made that announcement the first woman pilot to be with Alaska Airlines at that time She was good. I'm telling you what soccer moms get a lot of you know bad press but when you're in a need to get someplace the soccer moms the one that gets you there they know how to navigate so anyway we're circling 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 she comes on she says we're kinda running low on fuel we've got the go-ahead we're gonna do what we call in the in the industry the slam dunk and so we're, we've been doing this, you know, for 45 minutes, and all of a sudden we do this. I mean, where I'm literally like, where's the brakes? Where are the brakes? Gets us in, gets us landed. It's so bad on the ground, there were no flights uh, available to go. We rented a car and drove on. But I think the worst one I've ever been on was going into Denver. We were going back and forth to Colorado quite a bit. I'm on a flight into Denver, somewhere over the Rockies. There's two uh, weather fronts meeting. Later on, the pilot tells us this, but at the time we didn't know. He thought he could shoot the gap before the weather fronts met, but it didn't happen. We're flying, we're flying, and then we're not flying. Suddenly, we are not flying. Suddenly, we are just falling. He made the announcement that we fell over a thousand some plus feet. And he used the term extreme turbulence. There's a difference between turbulence and extreme turbulence. The apostle Paul was in extreme turbulence. The difference is when you're in turbulence, the pilot still is flying the plane. When you are in extreme turbulence, there's no longer the atmosphere around the plane necessary to sustain the plane. Another thing about uh, extreme turbulence that I didn't know until I looked it up is that when you land, that plane is taken out and inspected. But we went through this drop. And you immediately think in terms of, did I do something wrong? Christians, too often when a storm hits you, when tribulation comes upon you, your first thought is, what did I do wrong you know and you begin to confess all your sins you're confessing every sin to God that you can think of and you're wondering if somehow maybe you missed one and you need to, and God's not aware of it this is the same God that uses a grain of sand or a couple of drops of water to balance out the earth he knows your sin He knows everything about you. But too often we resort to when a storm hits your life, what did I do wrong? Sometimes you didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes you're actually fulfilling a scripture when that happens. How about that? You're fulfilling the will of God in your life when the storm comes. You know what that scripture is? How many of you have ever questioned yourself and wondered, have I uh, fulfilled very many scriptures in my life? Well, this one I can guarantee you, you will fulfill. Jesus said this. It's a promise. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation but be of good cheer, but be of good cheer. In this world, you will have tribulation. In John 16, you'll find that. So it's not always about when something comes into your life, a storm comes into your life, bad weather days come into your life, It's not always about something that you failed to do or that you did do. Sometimes it's just in this world, these things will happen. Very important to remember that. Remember I talked about they lost all reference points. We have four reference points I'm gonna give us. Something going on up here? Ah. Okay, John 16. 33. Reference point. Number one. I'm going to give us four points. Number one, just because you're in a storm doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Just because I was on that plane and it fell, I wasn't doing anything wrong. The plane just happened to be in that place at that time and something happened. Another thing about extreme turbulence, as I said, the atmosphere around the plane was no longer available to sustain it. That means the pilot could not fly it. But most of the time, when you experience tribul- uh, <laughs> tribulation, turbulence, and you don't hear from the pilot, we all want to hear from the pilot right away. We all want to hear it. You know, could you tell us what's going on? And it's silent. How many times when there's moments in your life of of a storm and it's raging on and God seems silent? Well, that's a good sign, actually, in a plane. It means the pilot is doing his job. He's flying the plane. His job, first of all and foremost, is fly the plane. That's what they're trained to do. Secondly, he can come on and talk to the people. But firstly, He's flying the plane. Something I've learned uh, that helps me is when we're encountering things. I I look at the flight attendants. If If they're sitting in their seat doing this, I'm worried. But most of the time they're taking care of coffee or they're putting trash away or they're just carrying on. And when I see that, that's a point of reference for me. Oh, okay. It's okay. By the way, I'll finish that story going into Denver. It was such a, uh, a, a drop. It was so dramatic, I swore I'd never fly again. But after, after a minute, the pilot came on and said, we experienced this. He says, I've instructed the flight attendants, it's open bar. <laughs> Many took advantage of that. Just because you're in a storm doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Two, sometimes you don't get a warning. You just suddenly. I didn't see this coming. I've heard that in people's lives and in my own life. I did not see this coming. It just came like a a tornado out of nowhere. Life was good. We were going along. Suddenly, the whole course of our life, thrown into storm. Number three, storms will always tell you what's inside you. Storms will always reveal what's inside of you. Uh, Jesus tells the story in Matthew seven twenty six. Man who builds his house, one built his house where up on a rock, it says he heard my sayings and he practiced them, he did them, he applied them to his life. Another one heard my sayings and didn't. He's like the man who built his house upon the sand and when the storm came, great was the fall of his house and he didn't see it coming. We can come to church, we can come to church, hear what's taught, hear what's spoken, and go home every Sunday afternoon and live our own life and not think about it. I encourage you, when you hear the Word of God, seek it out, search it out, ponder it, let it it become a part of what you build your life on. Storms will always tell you what's inside of you. And number four, who do you look to in the time of a storm? Who do you look to? Often I've found that when somebody's marriage is in trouble, they'll go talk to somebody else whose marriage is in trouble. The, when their when children are gone off the rails into things, they, they just... Uh, shouldn't be into, they go to other people whose children are off the rails. Now, that's not always bad. Peer counseling's okay. But you need to have someone that you look to that has been through the storm and has walked it and has survived it and has come out without their house completely being destroyed, meaning their life. Being destroyed. I used to go to this hairdresser. <laughs> anyway, I used to go to this hairdresser, and, and uh, it was where my wife got her hair done as well. And, and I had hair then, I just got a haircut. I didn't do a perm or anything, guys. Just a, a dye job, anything like that. But all they talked about was how awful their husbands were I mean, I'm sitting there waiting, and then I get into the hair thing and, you know, they're shampooing you up and stuff. And they're just talking about, ah, oh, he never, li- he's just, uh, and they're just, uh, and they're just ragging on their husbands. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed sometimes. I said, well, maybe if you'd quit ragging on your husbands, they'd become better people. I'm not done. It got worse. It was a bad haircut day. The room got silent for a second, and man, they tore into me. Uh, and I can't remember how it happened, but they really tore into me, and I let it get to me. And there was a can of Alpo. I don't know why it was there, but it was sitting on the counter right by the mirror and uh, I just decided I've had enough you know I should never have stood in uh, as a propitiation for their husbands (laughs) and I said well at least I see you brought your lunch with you today (laughs) believe it or not we were still friends her marriage made it through and uh, so on and so forth and she went into cutting hair in her home and she cut my hair for years after that so it was okay but when you're in the storm look to the people who have a history of making it through I started learning in flying look at those flight attendants they have a history of making it through these things they know what's what and in life when you're encountering a storm in your life look to those who have a history of victories in their life i believe one thing that god is doing in this day i mean i believe we're in the midst of one of the biggest in gathering harvest revivals the history of the earth has ever seen i believe that it's somewhat hidden but it's happening. It's happening in a way that's just like hidden to the natural mind and it's, it's going on and it's taking place and the Holy Spirit is moving and doing and changing and in the midst of all that the devil's doing everything he can to show himself. Look at me over here. Look at me over here. Look at what I can do over here. And God is just silently moving throughout the world. And we're seeing one of the biggest revivals of all time. And when it's manifested, it's just going to be such a glorious thing when we go, wow, I didn't see it coming. And that's a good storm, by the way, that you didn't see coming. Uh, Completely lost where I was at. I got so caught up into this revival that's happening. I'm excited about it. But I believe right now we are in the midst of a storm. Bad weather days. And I'm going to finish with this. Know who you can look to. Number four, again, who do you look to? The disciples are in their boat. Jesus goes to the boat, front of the boat goes to sleep the storm comes it says the waves came over the boat the boat was filled with water three of these guys are fishermen they're familiar with this stuff they were done they didn't our boat is filled with water what happens when your boat's filled with water <laughs> it sinks But Jesus was in the boat now today as we're all gathered together in this building this is Jesus's boat but when you leave this building you're in your own boat is Jesus gonna be in your boat is Jesus gonna be in your boat are you gonna invite him in to your life in all aspects of your life and if you do and when you do and you do that on a a living basis when the storm comes you will not lose your points of reference amen let's all stand thank you for joining us today please make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you'd like more information about our church please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.